0: All right, good evening. Let's see if we get YouTube up and running right this time. It's thinking about it. It's thinking about it. Now my phone's going to ring. All right, let's go here. Looks like we got up and running on YouTube. I'm still only able to get one successful stream up and running. Um, not able to simulcast on all the platforms yet because of my my internet service is not up to par, they still haven't got it fixed. Anyway, I am your lawyer, Patrick McGinn. I am your best friend at your worst time and welcome to Law and the Life Live on Wednesday. I'm actually a little bit on time this time instead of running late. Just got out of a court hearing about 20 minutes ago on Zoom, so I got it all set up and ready to go. This week's topic is confronting violence. I've gotten, you know, in the crazy world that we live in nowadays, I'm getting a lot of questions. Should I buy a gun? What do I do if, what do I do if this happens? What do I do if that happens? Um, What if I'm confronted with a violent situation, whatever. I get those questions a lot naturally because a lot of people know that I used to be a policeman here in Miami. And then I'm also a lawyer. So I get a lot of those questions regardless, but in the last week or so, maybe two weeks, I've been getting a crazy amount of questions through emails and DMs. And here's my, here's my take on it. As a, uh, as a former police officer and now a lawyer who represents people in such situations. Let's make sure we're silent here. We got it muted. If you're if you're confronted with a violent situation, you know, violence occurs in front of you. The best thing you can do is just get out of there. Get out of there quickly. As far as you know, buying a gun. That's a personal decision that you have to make. I always ask people, listen, if you were confronted with a situation where you had to take a life to save your own, could you do it? If you cannot answer that question in the affirmative, then you probably shouldn't be owning a gun. The best thing I think the best defensive tool, no matter what, is a good pair of running shoes to get away from violence as soon as possible. Even though, <coughs> excuse me, even though we're in Florida and we have stand your ground law here, you don't wanna be involved in a violent situation. The odds of you getting hurt and the possibilities of you getting hurt are much too um, too risky to even be involved in. And you certainly don't wanna be involved in any type of shooting where the the scrutiny is coming down upon you heavily as it will in a shooting investigation when you're the subject of a shooting investigation. So my two cents on the thing is, on violence is get away. If you can't get away, your ability to survive a violent encounter rests on two things, your self-defense skills and your ability to manifest more violence than your attacker and overwhelm your attacker. I found a video on YouTube that somebody sent me last week. I, I'm getting a lot of videos, but I think this one illustrates the point. It's a New York City subway video where a woman who was apparently. Well, here, I'll, I'll pull the video up and we'll play it. Now, this woman, this woman right here in the white coat, is on the subway, and two other guys get into it. And she's apparently. She's apparently not involved. At least the article I got with it says she's not involved. I am taking that for granted. I don't know if she's looking at him or she's yelling at him, but this guy and another gentleman get into a physical altercation right there in front of her. Now, a lot of people, you know, I've handled a lot of cases where people, uh, they see violence in front of them, they freeze. They become petrified, they freeze, they panic, they can't move. But to continue with this video, I mean, she just gets completely whacked into that train. And I know that happened to her. Here it is again full speed. So, you know, to me, it looks like she's just a bystander. And we'll go back to this frame here. She knows this is happening. She's not moving you see other people moving back here, but she is she's either fixated on what's going on or she's panicking and she's unable to move. You have to, especially in this day and age, you have to be ready to react, you know, to a situation that breaks out in front of you immediately. And this lady here, you know, I would advise her, if that was me, I would just start backing up and get away. You wanna put as much distance between you and the violence that's going on as possible and just get out of there. This is definitely a situation you don't wanna become involved in. Uh, You don't wanna entertain involvement in this in any way whatsoever. And that's my take on that. As far as, as mobs go, I mean, with the riots and the protests that are going on today, the way, um, the way I looked at it when I was a policeman is there, there's two different types of people involved. There's rioters and there's protesters. If you, if you get involved with a group of protesters, you'll probably be fine because they're usually peaceful just out you know, stating their cause and you know, showing their passion for their cause. It's the rioters that mingle in with the protesters that cause the problems. And you, we've all seen the videos. When those things start to happen, I mean, number one is be aware of your situational awareness, be aware of where you're at. If you're in a part of town where they're rioting, you shouldn't be there you know, in the first place. If it pops up quickly, which it often does, um, you just need to get out of there as quick as possible by any means possible. You certainly don't wanna confront a mob because mobs are dangerous. Mobs get set off when people are, are acting in a mob, Mobs can be set off by one person's actions, and then the whole mob goes berserk. And there was some previous questions that I got about why the riots in Miami were so mild as compared to where they had riots everywhere else. And I'll tell you what my take is on that. Let me pull up other screen here. Miami had some protests a a week ago after George, probably about two weeks ago, after George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, and they had them downtown. um, In a place by Bayside, by Bayfront Park, where they usually have a lot of protests there and they don't have any problems. Miami, Miami has a lot of experiences with We've had some pretty severe riots. I went through three of them myself, Alvarez, Lozano, and I think there was one other. Um, I came on the police department after the McDuffie riots in the 1980s and about two or three years, well, about, not about seven years after the McDuffie riots. I think the McDuffie riots were in 1980, and I came on the police department in 1987. So let me get a map of Miami up here and show you why I think we didn't have it as severe as everybody else. One reason we didn't have it as severe as everybody else is we had time. Protests didn't break out here as quickly as they did other places. And we've also, you know, we've also learned a lot down here from riots we've had in the past. You know, from the McDuffie, the Alvarez, the Lozano riots. and. we, we were able to prepare and we have in the city of Miami and Miami Dade County. We have a very good police chief in both and very good mayors for the county and the city. And let me get my map situated here. And I'll show you on the map exactly what was going on. And why I think we did very well. Now my internet connection is going unstable again. Let me get to the section where they have the side app. And let me get over to my screen share. Alright, this is Google Earth of Miami. This is Bayfront Park. This area right in here. And if you're familiar with Miami, this is Bayside Marketplace right here on the top. But this is Bayfront Park and they have a whole bunch of protests there all the time and 99.9999% of them are very it had a Floyd protest here a couple of weeks ago in the afternoon, and the crowds the crowds gathered here. City of Miami Police Department put out a bulletin that they're not going to have officers in riot gear at the They had uniform officers there. They had enough there to manage if things got out of control, but they were in regular uniform. They were not in the uh, in their typical riot gear. So the protest goes on. It goes on for several hours. Then as night starts to fall, problems start coming up. Rioters come out from the protesters and come out on the streets, but what people didn't know is over here at the baseball stadium. Let me find the baseball stadium Marlin Stadium here. Right here at Marlins Stadium, they had a field force staged. A field force is a riot response force. They had a field force staged here and they had one staged somewhere else where I don't remember. And you can see the distance is not far from the stadium here to the park. But what happened is, as night began to fall, the rioters portion, the rioting portion, all the protesters pretty much went home. A bunch of them were on TV and says, hey, we left at like 7 p.m. and everything was fine. Well, the rioters came out and they marched down the street and they came over here to the city of Miami Police Department, which is at 400 Northwest 2nd Avenue. So let's go over to the police department. Right here is the City of Miami Police Department, and here's the parking garage right along I-95. And the riders came to the rear of the parking garage, and that's where I don't know if you saw it on the news, but that's where they had the confrontation. It was only about a 30-minute confrontation. City of Miami had their field force staged in the parking garage, and they came out and lined up in front of the parking garage. The outbreak occurred, they pushed everybody back and it was over in roughly 30 minutes. They had a couple of police cars set on fire and they had some police cars, about a dozen police cars damaged, but that was it. And they ended up making arrests on the people that burned the police car and vandalized the police car. But they had had the force that they needed to deal with whatever came up and they had it in place well ahead of time and they were ready. When it went off at the city of Miami, the field force from the baseball stadium came over and just together, they just took care of business and ran all the rioters off, dispersed them back across I-95. This is all overpass here. So underneath is all open. They pushed them back towards the West and they ended up dispersing and everything was fine. They entered, institute the curfew and it went from there and it really didn't flare up again we had a couple flare-ups here and there There there's some people over at Bayside Marketplace that were over here that were having a problem running through and vandalizing the stores they ran them out and it wasn't bad at all compared to Miami standards if you're wondering what the pilchards pin is that's where I catch pilchards when I go fishing in the bay it's a very good place I catch pilchards there every time so that's, that's the main reason why it wasn't so bad in Miami. We were well prepared. We had a lot of, time. A lot of these cities got caught off guard. Um, one thing we do have in Miami is the ability to the police departments have an ability to amass a large number of officers in a very short time because in Dade County, you know, we have the county police, we have the city police, but we also have 30, I think it's thirty-five or thirty-six municipality police municipal police departments that can send officers in. So that's my overview of violence. What to do if you're confronted with violence? My 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 take is to get out of there. Get out of there pronto, as fast as you can. The uh, you know purchasing weapons or whatever is always a personal choice. Um, Know, if you don't get out of there, whatever actions you take, just realize that they could have consequences in the future, could have lifelong consequences, but no matter what, in these days and times, be careful out there, especially if you're in one of these big cities, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, anything like that, Minneapolis, Atlanta, you know, craziness is going on in Atlanta now, but basically it's going on all over the country and I don't know when it's going to settle down, but uh, eventually it will settle down and uh, hopefully we won't have to deal with any of this. They'll put some policies and reforms and laws in place where these issues don't come up again because we certainly can't go through another George Floyd incident. That would be terrible, terrible for this country. As always, thanks for stopping by. I certainly appreciate everybody that takes time out of their day to stop by and hear what I have to say on Law and the Life Live. Remember, I try to get here every Wednesday, usually here on Wednesday at 6 p.m to do live. I usually get on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok as well as YouTube. But since I had a problem a few weeks ago with my internet connection, I just cannot get it stable enough to where it will do everything on simulcast. So until then, I'll at least be on YouTube. I'll try to get on Facebook if I can. Can and simulcast on Facebook, but I just I'm just not getting the bandwidth and a stable enough connection for that now. So thanks for stopping by. Look for me on all the social media platforms. I am on Instagram, Snapchat, um, what else? What else? Twitter, of course, Facebook, Inst- um, LinkedIn, everything. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to DM or email me. You can email me at Patrick at pjmlawyer.com take care and be safe out there 2020 is half over we just started hurricane season down here in south florida so i'm sure that's in the back of everybody's mind and hopefully we won't get any big storms this year be careful out there see you next wednesday